And now a special report. The members of the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast are participating as private individuals. The comments you hear do not necessarily represent the views of the various organizations they work with. Also, anything you hear on this podcast that sounds like advice on aircraft operation is obviously very general. You should always consider your own situation, remember your training, and fly the airplane. And that's the way it is. Well, it appears that stupid pilot tricks are not limited to the fool who buzzes his buddies in their <laughs> in his buddy's house in his backyard here. I'm not sure it's in the same league anyway. I mean, the guy that I, buzzes his backyard doesn't arrange with New York approach and New York center for handling while you go down to a thousand feet and circle Manhattan. In a, I know. In I a, can't decide. This is this is all about uh, uh, sometimes Air Force One, but not Air Force One on this particular day, uh, doing a photo op flyby buzzing of New York's of Manhattan and uh, and the foo-for-a awe that it caused the other day. And I can't decide. Well, so Jeb, this suggests that you think he, he was perfectly fine. He did. All, he crossed all his T's and dotted all his eyes, and he mm-hmm. shouldn't be taken to task. Whoever was operating this this uh, this four oh, uh, seven be in any trouble so, whatsoever. Whoever, whoever was flying the mission is was I, don't, I won't say just following orders, but uh, was certainly complying with lawful orders. Um, but uh, whoever made the decision not to inform the general public is the guy who, who really should be, you know, questioned rather closely. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the guy who should be out, tweeting, you know, tweeting that he's just lost yeah. his job. Yeah, I mean, did, he have a, did he have a good reason, or was he just dreaming this up as a research project or something? Yeah. But yeah. beyond that, you know, beyond that, I think, you know, um, we, we need to get beyond this, this uh, 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 innate reaction that, an airborne airplane is about to fly into a building. See, that's my thing exactly. We've, we've I, got yeah. we've got to yeah. get over this because you know the next the next you know speaking strictly from a, a security standpoint, the next terrorist attack ain't going to involve airplanes. Um, we, we've cut we've closed that door. We've made it too difficult. I'm of two minds on this subject. Okay, here I agree with what you're, you're basically saying here. For example, a couple weeks ago, when the guy flew too far inside uh, the 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 uh, D.C. area, um, and everyone went nuts. I that was silly because there's no reason to be afraid of this little airplane. It wasn't about the airplane being dangerous. It was about no, people being afraid. And, and I think I think to the professionals, great credit here. This is not the first time this has happened. There have been several other instances where you know an alert was declared in, in the District of Columbia because of a wayward aircraft. Um, in, in no, no occasion, that, that, that's the, that's in, in, in no instance has it been a dangerous uh, uh, someone with with bad intent. But also, the professionals involved here haven't shot anybody down. Yeah. They haven't killed anybody with any of this. Yet. My question, though, is 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 it reasonable for them to have been afraid? All right, and in the D.C. case, no. I don't think it was reasonable for them to be afraid. But I kind of think that in the New York case, it's not unreasonable for them to have been a little bit freaked out about a big airplane flying low over the city. I don't I don't disagree with you, um, and, and you know I wasn't in New York on 9/11, but um, 
I was actually so out of both all of it on TV New York and Washington, but I had family in Washington, and it was not inconceivable there for a couple of hours that my kids might not have been in the Pentagon on a tour or something. Mm-hmm. Putting all that aside for a moment, um, and I, I, my experience certainly doesn't compare to anybody in Manhattan's uh, on that day, but. I mean, we, we, we do need to respect and, 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 and commemorate the event, but we also need to think about, you know, um, not so much moving on, but it's not, that was a one-time thing. Yeah. But this, this is not about airplanes, actually. This is not about the, the fact that an airplane flew over Manhattan. This right. is about our response to threats and communication, right. the fact that because of the... Uh, because of the way our apparatus was set up as far as what's classified and what isn't, some of the information was not allowed to be disseminated to the public when this probably would have served the public very well. well and as one two, commentator, yeah, one commentator two, said, two, it would be great. Two questions. Go ahead. Well, who made that decision, first of all? Secondly, why is it classified to fly an empty Air Force One with with a F sixteen in formation anywhere, why is that classified? Then again, that is the response apparatus in this heightened time of security about what movements of what, and that again is that's upper management sorting out exactly how some, some, somewhere in a cave in Pakistan. There's a bunch of terrorists who are laughing their asses off. Yeah, afraid so. Afraid yeah, so. I'm afraid Fareed hit on the phrase that in my mind is the key problem here in our time of heightened terrorist awareness heightened attack sensitivity we have been kept at a heightened paranoia level for going on eight years uh we've been conditioned not you me jack Fareed, not most of our plane plane loving friends but most of the public outside it's been conditioned to the idea there's something abnormal and abnormally dangerous about low-flying aircraft now, particularly low-flying aircraft around uh, metropolitan areas. Because why else could they be there except something right. hostile? Yeah. I mean, why right. else would they come by there? They wouldn't but, want to enjoy the bleeding view. They might not be just trying to get pictures you know, from the airplane of the skyline. They might not be uh, actually engaged in transportation. But this is where security protocols get in the way of of where the public should have known, and this is where the cumbersome well, protocols come back were, to this yeah. come to, comes back to this heightened terrorist yeah. alert. And I've got, I flew human mailing tube up here from Florida on Friday, and I'm in the queue at Tampa International to go through the TSA inspection point, and there's the color coding chart there, and today's uh, today's level is second from highest. Second from highest. Right. Almost eight freaking years. And it's, we've got a TSA, we've got air marshals, we've got, you know, secret shopper passengers with guns. Uh, We've got uh, people imprisoned because they might have looked like they were talking about something in Arabic, for God's sakes, and we know that that's automatically dangerous because it's kept up there at that second level come hell or high water. Now, you know, it, it, it's time for America to exhale a little bit and say, yeah. not all of this crap is a, is a real risk to us. Even when you think it's a risk to us, it's not a real risk right. to us. Yeah. You so know, somebody, somebody made the point 
talking about um, you know I was listening to some news program or commentary program, but but someone made the point uh, relative to oh about the swine flu, uh, and in relative to previous uh, viruses uh, of this of this uh, kind, um, said look you know there's forty thousand forty thousand people a year get killed in the U.S. driving cars, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we've lost you know we got to put things in perspective and and the media doesn't do us any favors here they blow a lot of this out of proportion actually um, it's that's their whole that's becoming their whole oh god i can't believe i'm saying this about my chosen profession that is becoming the driving force not at the at the tabloids and at the you know schlock news stations uh, they, I won't mention who it is, but they fake a lot of what they say, uh, and their initials start with fake. But it comes down to uh, <laughs> the, the competition for attention. And right. now stuff like what we're doing right here is actually, in their mind, competition for somebody watching or listening to them. My answer to that is I'll be happy to compete with them You know, on, on – on my rules, yeah, and you know, basically, you and I are, and the three of us are, or whoever comes on, are setting the rules. Yeah, so you know, the other if they want to ha- have a battle of wits, I'd be glad to use a quarter of mine to make it a fair fight. The other so, element, the other element of this uh, that uh, that that shows a lot, you know, a, a big hunk of hypocrisy, if you ask me. It, let's just say for a moment that they had done everything right in terms of notifying the public that they were going to do this thing and they were going to fly the airplane up the river or wherever it was they flew the airplane. Let's just say they did that right. So even still, all right, what they were doing here was glorifying the biggest, cushiest private jet in the world, all right, at the same time that they're bashing everybody else who flies private jets. I would say jets. glorifying it. I would no, they say were. They using, were doing... I would, they, say, I would say using it. No, they were doing... Well, you yeah, know, they, you, we agree that these they, that private business jets are, are almost always cost-effective and good things. That's not what I'm talking about. But they're out there saying that private jets are a waste and they're an extravagance and you shouldn't be doing it. But who and is all, saying this? The, who the, is saying The administration says this all the time. Oh, okay, okay. And Chris Moore says that. Yeah. Well, the government, let's say. All right. Yet at the same time, the president flies around in this big, cushy business jet. All right. And they're out there doing a photo op to glorify this airplane. Well, I think, hang on. I think it's it's pretty much uh, unquestioned that there was no real connection between the political uh, branch of the government, if you will, and the operational branch. In this instance, no one at the White House, in my under- is my understanding, even knew that this mission was going was gonna to happen, much less uh, approved it. Uh, this was done, you know, at the at the Brig Gin level in the Pentagon, and no I, one I, really I, thought I, it was going to... I, you know, actually, I, I, I understand that there was a guy at the White House and at the FAA that were, that were made privy of this, and then somewhere along the way, they made a decision not to involve, uh, you know, that this wasn't a call for the it political white, side yeah. of the West House, this right. was this was a machine, an organization replenishing a stock photo. Right, right. And it was a White House office. And a White House it. souvenirs and, and, and prints, um, right. publicity photos. Uh, it's just something that every company does every few years. Well, 
And the last photo had been in use for about eight years, I understand. It was the airplane flying over around Mount Kind of Rushmore. amazes me that there's a mid-level uh, White House uh, you know, staffer who has the signature authority to order up a, a, uh, a, a 747 mission. They did it part of as a training mission. It was at the very end. And, and I just walked out the, uh, this morning and replenished the file photos of my house. So, I yeah. mean, uh, and I rewarded yeah. myself with uh, some Reese's peanut butter cups. So the next time, <laughs> the next time you bust the eight is, this is going to be the story. You know, we we're just taking pictures. It was a photo mission. Anyways, hey, listen, yeah. I usually pick, I try and pick the initial subject that we talk about here on this podcast because I think it will be kind of funky or tongue-in-cheek or funny. Well, it didn't really work out this time. Backfired. <laughs> Welcome, folks, to episode 133 of Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast. We're recording uh, this. I don't feel a bit older than 100. <laughs> we're recording. Well, I, was, I was just going to say, I wish i'd you know bought gotten in at, at when it was down around one or two dollars there you go recording this episode on sunday evening may 3rd 2009 and let me say hi to the gang that are here in the virtual hangar joining me this evening uh, one of those voices is dave higdon who's joined us from wichita kansas how you doing david oh pretty good pretty good been home three days almost i know just- I- yeah, I wanted to ask you about this. So Actually, you, about forty-eight hours, and it you, feels good. You spent the week hanging out at Jeb's and uh, and uh, living the air, the uh, private air park life, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was kind of like living here in my neighborhood in Wichita, except when it was time to take a break from the keyboard and the work that I was doing while I was hanging out there. The walk I'd take didn't take me to see my usual neighbors. It took me to see Jeb's neighbors, who happened to be guys working in a hangar restoring a clipped wing tailor craft mm. that's getting ready for aerobatic competition. So, uh, and the morning wake up call wasn't the, uh, mm. the, uh, Gen Xer with the boom box sounding Honda CRX. that goes down the street. Uh, it was a modified Whitman tailwind departing at 7am. I know. Very cool. I got a chance to spend two nights uh, yeah, down there and, cool. uh, and it was very cool to, to uh, the first morning I was still in bed when he flew over, but the second morning I was there, uh, we were actually out in the front yard and got a chance to stand at the end of the runway and watch it come straight at us and fly right and over deer our deer and bobcats and otters. Oh you my. saw bobcats and otters, too? Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very cool. I understand there are zebras and giraffes, too. It's, it's a well-populated neighborhood. <laughs> that, vo- uh, that next voice, rather, is uh, Jeb Burnside, who's talking to us from, as we were just saying, beautiful Sarasota, Florida. Sarasota County, Florida, as I now Sarasota learned. County, where we're well outside the city limits. The city limits of Sarasota really aren't that large. In California, they call those unincorporated areas. Is that what it is in Florida, too? Is, are you act- is there a city, a township of some sort? or, or Not or- really. The, the closest um, is more like a wide spot in the road. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful wide spot in the road, though. It's a very, very pleasant. Well, thank place you to guys. It was a pleasure to have you have you both here. Um, and and Jack, come back. I plan soon. to. I plan to. Come back, Jack. But, yeah, uh, I plan to. But Jeb, tell the truth now. By Friday, you were really ready for Dave to go. No, no. no. I I, oh, did, I needed to fly the airplane. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. You had a flying adventure. I want to ask you about that in a second. But let me just say hello to the to the third visitor we have in the hangar this uh, week, and that's uh, Farid Gio, uh, a.k.a. EAA Radio's Afterburner Al, is joining us this evening from the Ford, Rockford, Illinois. How you doing, Farid? <laughs> Greetings from the Ford. Just, uh, just off our Chapter 22 breakfast, 827 served, 100 airplanes. We have, You fed uh, pancakes cool. to 800 Very people this morning? Yes. Wow. Wow. And that's after getting in from my seven-day tour of work at 1 a.m. in the morning, where they they, they ended me up in Monterey, California, uh, at about uh, 3 in the afternoon. And uh, I finally 
finally got back in and just in time to to show up the next morning and and since since I am the the leader of the chapter I have to kind of be there to preside and Farid do you do are, do you have airline privileges or you do you deadhead on company airplanes uh, no, th- uh, neither. <laughs> oh, you bought you you bought your positive space on a carrier. <laughs> positive space, uh, although uh, we do get we uh, the the airline employees treat us well. We get extra bottled water and things like that. You know, it's nice stuff. Okay. The problem is, I get approached just about every time by somebody asking me if there's going to be uh, drinks on this flight or where do I go for here, and and so on. But, and you're in uniform. I'm in uniform and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but but it's been a. I, I quickly want to say it's been a, a good couple of weeks. I saw Bill Cosby, a couple of popular golfers, uh, somebody who uh, uh, from the family of a major brewing company, and uh, I saw Elvis. So uh, and Elvis been, and Elvis. I was in Vegas. Well, yeah, you know, you know, he's been turning wrenches in Sausalito. <laughs> <laughs> and and Dave, I was going to stop overnight in Wichita, but. The thought of, of flying in and seeing you leering up at me, I decided just to stay in St. Louis. <laughs> there you go. And I am Jack Hodgson. I'm talking to you from the home office here in Dover, New Hampshire, uh, where I'm home for this, uh, this one single day. I have been on the road for, let's see now, 18 of the past 20 days, and I'm home today, and then I go away tomorrow morning for 10 of the next 13 days. And there this, today and gone on Tuesday. And then this insane cycle ends for a little while, and I get some time off. But uh, man, I've been, Lordy, I've been, I've been to Lakeland, I've been to Sarasota, I've been to Dallas, I've been to Baltimore, I've been to, I'm forgetting all the places I've been. Uh, it's you know, don't get me wrong. In this in this economy, I'm pleased to have the work, but uh, I was going to say it's a lot of travel. As long as you stay ahead of the wants and wants, a lot of travel. Okay. I came back on. Uh, when I come back, oh, United! I came back on well, United Express from Dallas. Uh, just barely made it out of DFW. Apparently, my my coworkers who were on a flight two hours after me got stuck there overnight. Apparently, nasty weather. We were delayed by about a half an hour getting out of Dallas. And, I always loved it when they called the regionals express. Like, wow, it's so much faster. Yeah, I know. And so I got to uh, to uh, uh, O'Hare to change airplanes, and like just made it. I mean, I like. I, I booked on out of the uh, uh, first airplane, and I'm running down the corridors and looking at the boards to try and figure out what gate I'm going to. And as I walk up to the gate, there's this one gate attendant standing there, and I go, and I'm waving my boarding pass. I'm saying, did I make it? Did I make it? And he looks at me and says, are you Jack? And I said, oh, yes, I am. He says, okay, great. And he exchanged my boarding pass. He, he takes away my boarding pass. He gives me a new boarding pass, and it's a different seat number. And they moved me into business class, which was kind of cool. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So uh, apparently they were, I don't know, I guess they didn't, if they were going to have an empty seat, they wanted to have in business class. I don't know how that works exactly. They oversold coach. And, uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, so I got the business class seat and uh, and and that was then very you got the business that was very comfy no no you know I've only ridden in the front of the airplane a couple of different times and man it's a lot nicer up there <laughs> oh, oh yeah I mean you have your own bathroom they start trying to not in the little airplanes unfortunately but uh, at least I didn't think it was years ago I I um, basically shuttled between uh, DCA and Newark uh, on business. Go up in the morning, come back in the evening, and did that for like two and a half years. Uh, not not regularly, but quite often. I was gold. Continental had a shuttle. I was gold on on Continental uh, in in no time flat. And if they had space in first, I was always in it. And it's right. yeah, it's nicer up there. But it, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to pay for 
um, pay for the uh, privilege. This, this intrigues me. You were on a regional carrier that had a business in first class section? I didn't have first class. It, it, and I, I don't think they call it business class. I think they call it like economy plot i don't know what they call it but but it was it was it was nice you pay a more class yeah right well they were nicer seats and they had had, a bigger pitch between the seats and the service was great i mean they hadn't even closed the door and they were trying forcing drinks i mean soft drinks but they were forcing drinks on me and uh, um so and they're very pleasant and it's comfortable and it's much quieter up there and it's just like that's the place to ride i'll tell you Uh, well they you know it's a shame on them trying to force soft drinks on you they should at least be forcing 12 year old single mom i know and, and speaking of which let's see if you can hear this <laughs> anyways got that bottle opener that's huh? right yeah so uh we're betting <laughs> all right the funny thing here is that i i twisted the cap you heard it go and now i can't get it the rest of the way off hang on a second here all right <laughs> There we go. So we're back from uh, Sun and Fun. Uh, we had a lot of fun uh, last or the week before last uh, in Lakeland. We did, um, and uh, you know, I mean, any now that we've had a chance to decompress for a week, any any uh, sort of closing thoughts about uh, the week down there in Sun and Fun? And uh, I, th- I thought it was a good show. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't see any overall problems. It was. It wasn't crowded, um, but it was enthusiastic. It was upbeat. Um, I, I I can't find any fault. I think they I think they did a, I think they had a good show. Yeah, you know it was the it did appear that the crowd was down, but it wasn't a bad crowd. It wasn't like you know dead no. by any means. Um, it was just a quiet year, and that's to be expected from the economy. So uh, well, they uh, they had about the same number of vendors as they yeah. had in '07. Yeah. Uh, so that's a good thing. Uh, they had happy vendors, all yeah. in all. It was and it that, was impressive. That's, that's than, a real telling thing, you know. They say, "Oh, the crowd was down," but I've had more time to spend with the customers I got, and it's been a good quality of customer. And a number of vendors told us that sales were equal, or maybe even slightly better than last year. You know, which yeah, maybe yeah. maybe is faint praise because last year was was kind of off too. I, I, I guess think we, we, I think we talked about this from the radio station last week, but um, you know, everybody, all the exhibitors I spoke to uh, had had very good had a very good show. Yeah. Yeah. What was the highlight of the week? I know what my highlight of the week was. I'll ask Dave first because yeah. Jeb and mine are going to be the same. Yeah. Dave? What? You have a highlight of the week looking back on it now? <laughs> oh, man, it's hard to pick one. Uh, the radio station waffles were certainly up Did you there. see the picture that Luca Berta posted in the forums? Um, uh, listener Luca, Luca Berta, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, was just on a big tour of, of the state. He's from Italy, and he was touring the U- U.S., and uh, he po- he t- obviously took a lot of pictures. One of them that yeah, he took— Yeah, he got married over here. Yeah, he did, yeah. And one of, the thing, one of the pictures that he posted, that he took and posted on our forum was a little restaurant that he found someplace in Central California called Jeb's Waffles. <laughs> Jeb's waffles. Yeah, it's a great That's sign. Right. Where yeah. is it in California? It, I believe it's in California someplace. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, I'd have, I'd have thought maybe Kentucky or yeah, uh, yeah. The radio sh- radio station outdid themselves this year, uh, taking good care of us. Freed, take note. Uh, I was just say, you are you suggesting what we need to have for Sunday morning? For you, waffles. Forget it, Sunday morning. They do them every day. But then, I was uh, going to say they did them every morning. Well, the Freed, Freed, Freed. Just get Krispy Kremes and coffee. <laughs> yeah, and you'll make Jeb a happy man. Happy man. Um, yeah, the, go ahead. High points. High point always starts with the people that I get to see. Uh, you know, and after that, a couple of nice new LSAs that uh, uh, kind of reminded me that as as 
much as this thing has grown and taken off in the last four years, it's still got some. Uh, it's still got a lot of new stuff going on with the uh, the, the sport aircraft makers. So, so that was good. Saw a couple of new and interesting widgets. One new light sport engine, uh, a, a system for. Uh, for projecting a heads-up display on the back of a Devon aircraft. <laughs> you had to go there, didn't you, Dave? You, yeah. you had to go yeah. there. Just dying to have in his Devon air. Because uh, <laughs> we understand that when it's not needed to project flight data and a horizon line like a heads-up display, you can also use it to show in-flight movies. You get to watch uh, uh, Airport 75. <laughs> In flight. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, on a more serious note, go ahead. Okay. I, I don't. I'm not going to say anything. I'll, I'm just going to let that one go by. And um, You're a good we'll, man, Charlie. Brown. We're going to well, post something in the forums just so people know what the heck we're talking about. It'll be in the show notes. Put a link to it. I just. I just. Don't okay if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna carry it to that extreme, Jack. But I have to, then you have to have your position known here, I, right? I, yeah, I just think this is one of the stupidest ideas. I've ever I think it's got it's an interesting bit of technology that has talk some about, potential. Talk about mounting a hut somewhere on the airplane that projects an image onto the back of the propeller disc. Okay. Yeah, it's only going to work at certain. RPM. It's insanely cl- no, it clever and elegant. I like it. RPM. You, you, you didn't get the whole briefing. It works at any RPM because it uses its own sensor to time when to fire well, the laser. So it's got, infinitely a, adjustable on frequency. You've got 100% range, more, more than 100% range, in propeller RPM um, yeah. during a normal flight. And yeah. to, to, to bother with installing it in my airplane... The thing has to be useful in all at all speeds, not only of the airplane but of the engine. Okay. So it it, it is usable at all speeds of the engine. I don't I don't agree with that. See, I, I, you, I, you didn't get the full briefing. Well, you're changing <laughs> you're changing the. I don't I don't need to have the full briefing. You're changing the frequency of the background so much and so often in in in, in some modes of flight. <laughs> That is, it's it would be next to useless. No, that's, well, so that's, that that's, it uses. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. It actually uses a trigger to know when to fire the image laser to hit the blade of the prop. It doesn't sounds just like fire a, randomly or at a constant rate. It, in, this it like infinitely varies Foker, the rate. A World War One Fokker D seven. That's, that's right. They fire between yeah. the blades exactly. Yeah. Right, right, but it's the same thing with how many prop governors have you trusted to to fire when it's or to to modulate when it, it's supposed it, to. It doesn't it's the same make any problem. difference. <laughs> it's passive. It sees the blade coming. It fires the light. It's, 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 it sees the blade coming. It fires the light. <laughs> if if it was a de, if it was a propeller de-icing system that would do something like that, every time it saw the propeller blade, it would melt the ice off. Now that's something <laughs> that would might, be genuinely useful. You might be able to get them to up the power of the laser. I don't need a HUD <laughs> on the back of my propeller blades. Thank you. Speaking of cool new products and technology, did you see where they're uh, doing the the, uh, the rocket pack thing is actually flying free now? They don't have people standing next to it. To, no, let's not go yeah, down there. Right. Right. Hey, listen, more seriously, we have to talk about this again. 
I think I know my and I think Jeb's uh, highlight for uh, uh, two weeks ago at Sunday Fun was the airplane ride we got and uh, Aeroshell T six. Yeah, a big friend. Not their official name, but that's what I'm going to call them from now on. That's right. Well, yeah, I'm going to go buy some of that oil, (laughs) and I'm going to use their gas in my car and. but uh, it was very, very cool, and, and once again, uh, and we'll never stop looking for opportunities to thank uh, listener Tony, uh, who uh, who hooked us up with these folks and uh, got us uh, into the, into the back seat of a pair of these T uh, sixes, and uh, it was just a blast. I, you know, so Jeb, we, you know, we kind of alluded to this a couple of different times. So, is it true that you've never flown un- inverted intentionally ever? I have, I have, um, I have rolled airplanes. Uh, let me put it another way. I have been in airplanes when they were rolled. Um, um, Sounds like there's more of a story here than I realized. Well, not really. No, no. These are aerobatic airplanes, and okay. uh, you know all, all the rules were followed. And, and but I was I was more dead weight than than uh, actually. Con- I, I was ballast actually, mm-hmm. rather than contributing to the. Uh, not unlike our role. Well, in this I'm, pe- I'm not necessarily on one of them. I think. Um, um, yeah, I mean, it was an easy, easy little thing. Just, just a little bit, a roll, not even a barrel roll. Um, now, I have a confession, and, and that is to say that that I was pretty nervous about this. I was not looking forward to this. Well, you, I, I, um, I, I like you. You put this on your on your blog post, I think, um, that it was over too soon. And yeah, it was over too soon. Oh yeah, when when it was when, was once we did it, you know, I mean, I was I was for more. I was thrilled. But going into yeah. it, I, I mean, I, I I was not looking I forward to this. I I I, uh, I, I was, I, I was pretty tensed up. I wasn't sure what you know. It had been a, a long time since I'd really pulled any G's in an airplane. Yeah, and 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 I I'm all I've always been uncomfortable with unusual attitudes. I mean, even the kind of things you can get into in in stall training, you know, just falling off to one side and things like that. And I've never liked that kind of stuff. And so I was really not looking forward to the idea of doing this. And and so when we first heard that there was one seat available, I was steering the two of you guys into it. And Dave was unavailable because he had another airplane ride lined up. And so I'm steering you into this one seat. And I, and I was perfectly happy with that because you seemed to you didn't hesitate. You said, "Yeah, I'll go." And uh, so we're doing this. We're talking to the Aeroshell guy, and uh, and he's getting you all signed up. And then he turns to me and he says, because I'm kind of ramrodding this whole thing. And he turns to me and says, what are you doing tomorrow morning at 9? And I go, I'm nothing. He says, okay, you're coming too. And I'm going, and now I'm on the spot. You know, now it's like, oh, I can't, I got, I'm thinking to myself, oh man, I can't well, not do this. I'll never live it down yeah. if I don't do this. So I figured, this, okay, you know, I've ridden roller coasters for girlfriends before and that didn't kill me. So I can probably do this. And uh, not, not that not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. So so we got there at the appointed time the next morning uh, out on the edge of the field uh, and uh, met up with the the uh, Aeroshell folks and uh, they were doing as they often as these kinds of folks often do they were running media rides all morning long and they had a sort of a, a stream of people coming to get their ride and the planes were out uh, when we got there and they landed as we were standing there and taxied in and there was a lot of you know. Handshaking and backslapping when the when the earlier group got out of the airplanes, and then we were introduced to our pilots and climbed in. Uh, it's the first time I've ever been given a passenger briefing that involved this is the handle you pull to deploy the parachute, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and I was torn between I really don't want to know and I really want to know, and yeah. so uh, so I looked and I found the little handle and I said okay that's that's how we do that all right sure, well, and straight uh, out with both hands yeah that's right. And uh, 
and we took off and it never i it was a blast from from oh, yeah. break release to landing it was a blast Again, you know we, we taxi out and they're they're taxiing and they're taxiing and oh, taxiing, yeah. and and they fire all the engines and they're still kind of taxiing and we're taxiing you know six feet apart yeah and they take off six feet apart. And I'm thinking, dude, I don't even want to taxi this close. I know. They were really close together. <laughs> they were really close together. And and they, 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 they split up, you know, maybe double the distance or so when they were when they uh, started doing acro. And they landed uh, singly. Uh, but, uh, you know, what, what, I got to say this, too. Just, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get hate mail. Uh, but special thanks to Fox News. For not showing up and canceling. That's right. And, and giving Jack and I the opportunity to go on this ride. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You really missed something, but thanks a bunch. It was awesome. It was awesome. Up until this point, my, my highlight at Sun and Fun over the years has been a ride in the, uh, in the Bud Light Blimp, but this just by far eclipsed my ride in the Blimp. This was, this was a lot of fun and uh, giving me a whole new perspective on doing things like unusual attitude training and, and maybe even light acro. We'll see. Um, so. Very, very cool. Very cool. Moving on. Let's see now. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about... I'm uh, glad you said that. I was getting really thirsty. We're going to talk a little bit later on the podcast about about the next big uh, aviation event on our calendar, which is uh, AirVenture Oshkosh. But uh, let's talk about a few other things in the meantime here. Um, I think... Is this big news? I guess it is big news. Um, Piper Aircraft is being sold to um, a company called Imprimus is that how you say that? And uh, Primus and not ha- not is being is done. Is it done? I, I wasn't sure about that. Okay. Yeah, American Capital Limited, which has owned Piper for several years now, sold a hundred percent stake in the company on Friday. Uh, private transaction. The uh, now Imprimus is not what you would call an American company. Do is that an issue? Do we care? Uh, well, it's not an American company. Uh, they've got offices in Bangkok, Singapore, Brunei, and Br- Brunei Dar- Darussalam. Uh, easy for me to say. Uh, they're an Asian uh, investment fund that doesn't huh. really own, uh, you know, it's not like in the widget business, and we're adding the widget to business. They're an investment firm. Uh, kind of like the outfit that bought uh, Raytheon Aircraft and now calls it Hawker Beach. Uh, so they're uh, they, they they've lock, stock, and barrel the plant in Vero, which they say will stay in Vero Beach, Florida. Uh, they're bringing new capital to uh, help get uh, Piper through the, uh, the the hurdles with certificating the Piper jet. Uh, the company in Primus says they see a lot of potential uh, in producing airplanes uh, for the uh, rapidly expanding airline and, and, and GA markets in the Pacific Rim in Asia. Uh, trainers, intermediate aircraft, uh, advanced trainers, uh, short-range jets, and they think that they'll be well-positioned to supply a lot of those airplanes to a lot of those uh, Asian company countries that uh, admittedly, if they keep growing like they're going to they, like they've been growing, going to need a lot more of them in the future. So, yeah. what are the what are the two fastest growing, three fastest growing markets in the world? It's like you know, uh, Asia, well, uh, South uh, East West, uh, Sally, South, Southwest Asia. One of those compass structures. Pakistan, India, China, and India, um, China, and uh, Singapore. Yeah. yeah. 
It's, 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 yeah. It sounds to me like they want the, the jet. The jet's getting kind of close to certification, uh, or it seems like it is. It should be. Or, um, wow, and they want, they want the jet for the, for the distance flying and, and uh, kind of the, the, um, the uh, single pilot air taxi kind of thing. Well, and they've got uh, a tremendous demand for pilots. Yeah. And, you know, uh, let's see, the original PA-28 type certificate, if memory serves, was issued in 1961. Uh, okay. And the airplane's gone from Hershey Bar Wang to a, uh, a uh, uh, semi-tapered two-stage wing. It's grown in span. It's been made a little more comfortable, a lot easier to fly, a lot friendlier. Still an excellent trainer for the same reason that Cessna still sells 172s today and flight skills use a boatload of them. So if Imprimus can crack the flight school market for a big chunk of this uh, uh, Asian, you know, India... Uh, China, Singapore area. There's a lot of places that could take uh, PA-28s and put them hard to work sure. with glass panels. They already have glass equipment in them. Uh, make a good economical airplane for for uh, moving pilots up the chain. And, and Piper supplies pretty yeah. much everything they need. Uh, single, basic primary trainer, advanced single, uh, a light twin, and the Seminole. That's a, you know long been a staple of uh, flight schools for multi-engine training. Uh, then the Meridian and the Matrix for uh, the longer, for the for the more sophisticated, more uh, uh, owner or a small business demand kind of market. Yeah, but see, uh, we'll see how well it does. Yeah, I mean, clearly, I'm sure they got they got a good deal given the state of the economy right now. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, the the entirety of Piper's fleet is certainly worth something, um, and in certain environments, worth a lot more. But I really think they want the jet um, because um, uh, there there needs to be a, um, a kind of a regional uh, business jet come out of that area about the about the size and speed of the Piper jet. It makes sense for them, uh, it, it, presuming of course the jet's far enough along, you know, to make it. Um, um, make it worth their while, but I get my only point is, is is you can buy those kinds of airplanes pretty much anywhere you want. Uh, why make that kind of investment um, if you don't see some growth potential? I don't know. I don't know. I think but, I think they do because there's yeah. been a tremendous growth in training coming out of that market, and now they've got this new dual crew license that is being adopted by some countries that uh, kind of makes. The uh, impetus on primary training, then sim training, and CRM training uh, so that you can function as the number two in a two-man cockpit. I don't want to fly on an airplane crewed by that kind of licensing arrangement, but the uh, Chinese in particular seems to think it has merit, and Boeing's worked with them to make it happen. Fareed, go, uh, Fareed, go ahead. Kinda, go ahead. I was going to say, and with this economic downturn, uh, uh, how... The, the entry level jet, how is that you know going to be a good market for them at this particular time? It could be a year or two before that recovers because I think that's the hardest hit in this economic downturn is the entry level jet. Well, I think actually that that the, the Mustang is one of the jets that's bearing up better in the Cessna line right now than the yeah. the, the larger citations. At least that's the feedback that's been coming from my local contacts. The way I uh, see it is is they want. 
uh, a regional um, um, business jet, uh, a personal jet, single engine jet, if you will, uh, given some of the distances involved, given some of the, the, the speeds that they want, uh, economies, and they want it homegrown. You know, yeah, okay, it was designed uh, and originally, you know, originally uh, flown in the United States, but they can build it uh, locally and fly it locally and support it locally. And there's there's a um, I don't know a uh, a pride of authorship. I think a lot of people would uh, would want to participate in that. I don't know. I, I'm just I'm just speculating. But you- all of that having having been said, um, oh, there was a point I wanted to make. Um, well, don't, doesn't yeah. the, the Asians uh, don't they own all of our debt anyway? So I suppose they well, have all the money. It, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's not like. So is this is this good, bad, or indifferent for all all of the uh, the Piper you know owners and operators here in the West? I think it's a good thing in the long term if there's something yeah. that keeps alive a viable company to continue to supply parts and build new ones to keep yeah. the pool growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Farid, you uh, to change the subject maybe slightly. Uh, you, as we know, are a, a CJ three pilot for a fractional ownership company. What's going on in that economy wise? What's going on in that industry? I think the the, the last uh, portion of the professional pilot ranks, the one that was that most people would think would be recession proof, uh, or at least close to that, is is now feeling the pinch. Um, this is the second. Uh, a furlough that's come down for my particular company, and and I was caught up at, up in it now. So I'll be done uh, in the middle of the summer uh, from the active flying ranks, and then I'll have uh, a couple months of severance, and then I, I'm definitely done. Yeah, and uh, the uh, flight options, and now NetJets, the the biggest player on the block, is uh, talking with their pilots. They have, but they have probably the most comprehensive um, uh, furlough plan going uh, all kinds of different options for pilots so that uh, the furloughs will be at a minimum but they're looking at uh, maybe up to a thousand that they'll have to furlough as well yeah. wow. 800 to a thousand talking yeah. to a net jets friend this this is all um just so um, i understand of course and, and certainly our listeners need to understand these are all fractional operations we're talking about that is correct flight options which is uh, the, i would say the beachcraft yeah. Uh, or the Hawker yeah. Beechcraft uh, line, uh, Flexjet, which is uh, the Lear line, although that's always that's been on life support for a long time. Yeah. Um, and uh, you've got NetJets and uh, and Citation Shares, and so th- those are all the different ones that are out there. Um, and you know, it's the flying. Uh, the flying is down everywhere. I was yeah. at uh, Vegas, and I was at uh, Monterey. Uh, where else was I? I just realizing that it was extremely quiet, um, really? nothing going on. Just everywhere I was at um, this week, it just seemed like it was just, it's just quieter at the airport these days on the, these ramps. Not as many APUs running, and not as many comings and goings. And we're able to get out there and and get out without waiting in line too long. Yeah, that's it. It's been the trend for uh, eight, nine months. Uh, flight hours logged and reported has been on a decline uh around the end of the year the uh, to the figure that a lot of people seem to be floating around as a generic whole category figure was about 20 percent uh i think in some segments it's down even more than that today 
Uh, uh, it, that's I would say it's uh, in the mid twenties is where the company I was working yeah. at is off business is off in the first quarter of this year. I will dovetail on on uh, something that uh, Jack said about um, about about uh, corporate flying, and then that is is um, w- some of the programs that we're offering is we're trying to go after those flight departments that immediately dumped their their own flight yeah. departments. And That's what I was told by a, by a Pilatus pilot that uh, they felt like they were they were going to get through it because this is where you went if you couldn't, you know, for whatever reason, own a full-blown business jet. And there's some hope for that, and our, our particular marketing department is seeing some great signs of life, but I don't know if they'll be able to, to bring back the business in time uh, to keep me on the active uh, the roster. The yeah. only silver lining I have right now is that I'm paid through uh, July and August, so I've got I've got uh, Air Venture. You can uh, give your full attention for- to uh, EAA Radio. That's right. Yeah. That's right. right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Really sorry to hear that, Fareed. But you know, we got our fingers crossed, and uh, uh, maybe just by being a guest on UCAP, someone will take uh, take pity. Yeah, that I could hope happen. So. <laughs> but uh, the. <laughs> Uh, the the one thing I've got some band aid contract work in, in in the area that that at least to kind of keep me above water. Uh, but uh, I, maybe I'll, I'll go into uh, some some other career uh, like uh, writing aviation writing or something like that. There I hear you go. that. Oh yeah, you'll make a big fortune there too. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> another another way to make a small fortune in uh, aviation. Start with a large for one. For go run a magazine. Let me know if you decide to go in that direction. I can send you all of my fifty different ways to do ramen noodles recipes. <laughs> well, that's and that's one thing that uh, it, uh, our you know the, the professions are similar. I work for a regional charter company, and I was paid so minimally; it was sixty dollars a day. Um, and the, the uh, president of the company, his name was Rob, and and I called him Ramen Rob because that's <laughs> <laughs> you know why. <laughs> Moving on. Let's see. So we got, uh, you know, I'm trying to think. I think it's always Jeb who finds these stories. And I think he's found another one for us here. Uh, the uh, Let me read Jeb's, cap, Jeb's uh, headline here. Jeb's headline is another one of those, oh, crap, landings. That's not what Jeb wrote, but you get the picture. Another one of those, oh, crap, landings. So uh, a small plane in... Oh, yeah. Po- oh, man. How do you say the name of this town? Poya. Plain Pancakes Potty. No, here out. Since, since I used to be on the air out in the Northwest, I will pronounce it for you. It's Puyallup. Puyallup. Uh-oh, one more time. Puyallup. 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 Washington. Of all things, it had to be a bunch of toilets. A small plane crashed into a storage yard full of portable potties Friday afternoon near Thun Field, just minutes after taking off from the field. Now, you know what? See, though, I don't think this really qualifies as 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 a crap landing all right because uh you got to figure these things were empty and clean there's no crap involved here it didn't look that way no it does it doesn't look nearly that bad but uh, the interesting yeah, thing and, is apparently they acted as a cushion they apparently kind of helped save this guy yeah well, i know the, the guy, ago, the guy got sh- out of this so the airplane's upside down in this photo um yeah, this does not qualify as off-field landing of the week because this... Plus 172. Now, this is not an uh, off-field landing of the week, but the guy apparently, I don't know if he walked away, but he, he certainly was he talking to investigators. Yeah, on the site. I was going to yeah, say, so, you, yeah. he, at so the he, worst, he may have been slip-sliding away yeah. and slipped and busted his butt on his yeah. way away from a slippery parking lot. But. Oh, yeah, you're right. And it, it did cushion the landing because we right. know at one time crap is warm and soft. So. <laughs> That's right, yeah. And my favorite, though, is, uh, Jeb, you alluded to it. What was uh, Aeronet News' headline? 
Oh, I didn't see that one. Oh yeah, you got to hang on. We'll find it here. It's uh, uh, it is uh, powerless plane plummets perilously, pummeling porta potties. <laughs> is that double alliteration right there? Yeah, I was I was going to try to come up with something like that. Yeah, that's uh, that's Aero News Net's uh, headline for this particular well, that's, story. That's, that's, you that's you a know. skyline. That's a one eighty two actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll look at the photos. Well, you remember the you remember years ago you used to see these stunt guys on TV shows that would try to j- jump over barrels on roller skate. I right. mean, on ice skates. Yeah, and they'd use cardboard boxes to cushion their fall. Uh, right? Sometimes they were cardboard boxes. Sometimes they were you know cardboard barrels uh, laid side to side to side to side. And that's what the photograph kind of reminds me of here is that the guy was trying to leapfrog the roof of all those porta potties. <laughs> And I'm looking at it, and I'm going, "Where is Evil Knievel when you need him?" Right. Uh, I, I saw this. I saw this. You know, uh, news agencies as far away as like um, um, uh, um, uh, the UK were picking this up and running it. It's it's crazy. Um, uh, the uh, go ahead, Fred. It's, it's a production airplane, but this is the old. Uh, uh, rivalry between uh, metal and, and plastic airplanes in the home built realm, and I think it's revenge of the of the plastic airplanes in, in this case. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, Jeb, you also post. I think you're the one that pointed us to this story about uh, uh, Atlantic City's forgotten airport. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Bader oh, Field. Now, what's the, yeah. the, but you know, I I started reading this story thinking that the what he was about to tell us is that, that they've decided to wake this airport up and turn it back into an airport, but I don't think that's the case. That doesn't sound like it. The community has never given up trying to do that, I don't think. So this is Bader Field, the airport right outside of Atlantic City. uh, No, 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 no. Right in Atlantic City. Well, okay, yeah. At the edge. It's like maybe um, you have to drive around uh, a couple of blocks to get there. So it was maybe a mile drive. But it was more like a quarter mile off the end of the runway was the Atlantic City Strip. Right. And at the uh, it was it just you know ideally located. Um, it was I won't say tricky or interesting, but it was fun actually to go in there at night or, or yeah. operate around there at night because of the lights. The airport was more than adequate for night operations. Uh, you just got these buildings with big lights on them, you know, at the, uh, off the end of the runway, and it, you know it can spook some people. But you're right there on the beach. It's it's a great little air. It was a great little airport. Right now, at well, and, was, and at the end of a, was, a heated battle, which were is much too common these days, uh, they did finally decide to close this airport. Presume apparently in order to build more big buildings, and then the economy turned, and they haven't built the buildings in the airport. Well, it's it's been closed for years. Yeah, it's no, I mean, it's AOPA not something even that took its, AOPA took its convention to Atlantic yeah. City. Yeah. To try to make a point of how valuable the airport was, well, the it was, static it was, display was at Bader Field. Yeah. Right. The story says it was formally closed in September '06, but I think it was closed a little bit longer ago than that. Yeah, it was closed I, earlier than that. Yeah, yeah I, I remember going in there. I don't know. The last time I went in there was probably in the '90s. I was in. Is in. Uh, I don't actually. I don't think I went in there in my airplane. So it's. It was probably the early '90s, but. Um, was it Bader Field that had the and, and one guy there, one no services, no fuel, a payphone. That was it. And the guy was only there to take your landing fee money, 
That was it. There were, there were uh-huh. no improvements. You know, they didn't even clean the bathroom. It was that bad. Could you pay in chips? Well, that that that's one of the things that was a, 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 such a bone of contention with AOPA is that the uh, the the city stopped maintaining the airport so that it could use the excuse that it was being it was run down and nobody wanted to be there to help you know get out from they under did, its grants assurances. They did a great they job. They did a great job, but it was wholly disingenuous, uh, and uh, uh, the uh, the field started to you know lose tenants because nobody wanted to renew there. The city wouldn't renew leases for things because they didn't want anybody to be there. Uh, they stopped allowing folks to base there and stopped accepting operations several years ago, and then. Now that they're trying to bid it out to property developers, nobody's biting, and there's interest in reopening the airport again, which some in the city are going, well, we don't want to go back through that again. And it's like, why the bleep not? Yeah. Is there any sort of Friends of Baderfield group that we can point people to? That's a good question. Say that again, Jack. Is there any sort of, of group, you know, Friends of Baderfield that's trying to get it reopened that we can point <sighs> listeners to? Not to my knowledge. Not to my knowledge. Um I, I, if if there is, I wish someone would point them in our direction or point us to them. Yeah, please do. Listeners, let us know, and we'll do a little research. Go ahead, there is the one. There is the one famous uh, video you've seen on YouTube of the – I think it's a CJ-1 going off the end of the yeah, runway. Yeah, and the engine and kept the, running while it was in the water? Yep. The people who shot that video, one of them is an AirVenture Cup racer, and I think uh, I'll have him uh, – I'll have him on the air this summer, and he can maybe advocate for the field a little bit. His the fellow who shot the video unfortunately uh, died uh, a couple years ago in a plane crash. But uh, um, those 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 guys uh, were there, um, and they you know they loved airports, and I'm sure that they loved their uh, that particular field. The um, the fellow seen in the video driving the truck, he's an F-16 pilot with the New Jersey National Guard, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, yeah. he, I know that he lives in that area. We'll see if we can dig up some sort of contact where people who want to support uh, the return of Baderfield can uh, express themselves. Moving on, let's see now. So we're going to talk to Fareed about uh, about uh, the upcoming uh, Oshkosh Air Venture. Tell us what's going to happen on the radio station this year. You mentioned 24 hours, and uh, any other changes? Yes. Uh, well, 24 hours a day. Uh, we're introducing a new show in the evening after Theater in the Woods where we're going to feature all of our field interviews, which a lot of times get put in a pile uh, audio pile that is, and then never really aired because we run out of time. But now we're having a specific show just for for uh, field interviews. I know Dave does. It sounds like he didn't uh, really like the field interviews, but uh, we're going to try to to make them better for Dave. And um, but uh, on the overnight, we're going to have at least people making live announcements. But it's most going to be recorded stuff because uh, the the people on the other side of the world uh, are awake. So sun, it will be the sun will be shining on uh, EA Radio. Man, what's All. wrong with them? Don't they know what time it is? <laughs> the other thing is we're going to start broadcasting on July 12th, two, week, two full weeks before the convention starts, at least online. Uh, we're going to, it's mostly going to, be, uh, it's going to be archival mostly, but we're going to have some announcements uh, about upcoming current programming to be happening. But we'll be starting to stream content starting July 12th. And uh, EA Radio does have a Twitter account. You can sign up for and a fan page on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You can keep track of some of the things. Uh, Tom Pobresny was the first person to book an interview. 
Uh, he'll be on the air uh, 8 a.m. Monday morning, 8.30, I should say. Uh, and a few other uh, luminaries will be uh, that day. Uh, so things things are looking really good. The one neat thing about EA Radio that I just want to pass along to everybody is that we are now going to have uh, 10 interns this year. And that's up from about, I think, one about three, four years ago. And it's actually an official class that people at St. Cloud State University can take in their radio communications program. So they can actually sign up for this class. It's called Air Venture Radio Project. And they get uh, course credit for coming and being an intern at EAA Radio in the summer. Great. So we're really excited about that. Yeah. uh, Still located in the same building in the same place? Same building. It's going to be, uh, UCAP is going to be on the air at uh, just after the air show live on Monday, the usual time, and also Sunday morning. I believe it's 9 o'clock, the the last day of Oshkosh. uh, you'll also be on the air if you're both up for two episodes. Oh yeah, we definitely oh, are. Yeah. Oh yeah. Although I have definitely. to tell you that that uh, this well, I don't know exactly how to express this. Um, we actually <laughs> we actually want to go to the band this year. <laughs> In past years, we could kind of take or leave the big uh, rock concert that was happening uh, on uh, the first night. But uh, the this year, what Doobie the Doobie Brothers this year? We do. Yeah. We yeah. do. Yeah. Well, maybe not you, but uh, the younger folks here do. Um, <laughs> You old folks. Well, never mind. I can't figure out what the old joke is. Anyways, yeah, we're definitely looking forward to doing UCAP from you uh, those of it, those of you who had to be out of diapers to discover uh, the Doobie Brothers. I know, I know. You, you okay. probably you probably toured with them. I know. Um, <laughs> Roadie. That's right. Exactly. That was what I was hearing. Yeah, the uh, the the band photographers and what you were. Uh, we're looking forward to it, Farid. Where we, uh, you know, um, it's one of the places. It's one of our favorite uh, uh, episodes of the year, and uh, can't wait. It's just going to be a lot of fun Absolutely. as usual. So uh, that's going to be great. Now, um, since you visited uh, uh, Whitman Field and the grounds, there's a lot of changes going on up there this year. Can, did you get a chance to tour any of that? I, I took some. I took some pictures, and I know the last time I was on, I promised to post them, but I'll post them again. I'll post the updated pictures. They have uh, in the kind of the infield area where the old Ford uh, Pavilion was and everything. It's it's all scraped up of sod, but they've laid they've laid in a grid work um, gravel roads, and there's there's uh, electrical boxes everywhere. So lots of plug-ins. Uh, the ISC building has been moved. I'm not sure which building is which anymore, but there's a lot. Uh, the the usual changes we've been talking about um, are coming into place. The only thing that everybody's concerned about is it might be rivers of mud up there uh, a little bit if they don't if the grass doesn't grow right. And uh, the, that's the only thing I'm concerned about is that yeah. you know grass may not take uh, right away or it may be pulled up pretty easy. But I'm sure that they've thought about all that. Right. Yeah. There's a uh, an interesting blog that gets updated about once or twice a week uh, from uh, EA headquarters that uh, is describing and kind of been chronicling the uh, the changes with, uh, in my opinion, not not enough pictures, but uh, it is nice to be kept in touch. And uh, and uh, fascinating changes. Ahead. Yeah, they're really moving along. Apparently, the winter slow obviously slowed them down a little bit, but uh, they worked right up into the beginning of the winter, and they got going as soon as possible towards the end of the winter. And uh, a lot of interesting changes. Um, the the two that I find very well, not even bittersweet. I find I, I'm not. I, I'm sad about. And obviously, one is the old tower being gone. The other is that they've moved the uh, fly market to the sort of diagonal corner of the whole exhibits area up there near uh, 
if you're familiar with the grounds, uh, and at the edge of the camp, uh, camp Scholler campground, sort of near the Camp Scholler Red Barn. But I think the Bohemian aspect of the fly market fits better with the Bohemian aspect of the whole campground. You know, so I, I think I, the marrying of those two is is a it's a lot better location. You know, and I yeah, I think I agree with you. I and, and if I was running the event, I, I would agree that that's probably the way I would do it. But as Jack, the guy who goes to AirVenture, all right, one of my great pleasures is sneaking out from the newspaper office, which is right sort of in that area, and kind of just walking across the uh, yeah, it's the, gonna uh, be a longer sneak and going oh, into. So- are you slumming it when you go to the fly market if you're no. going to the campground now, Jack? Is that uh, what's... <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, going to the fly market is not slumming it at all. I love the fly market. That's one of my favorite parts of uh, of Air Venture. So, uh, so it's going to be a longer walk this year or, or a longer scooter ride. Knock on wood that I get a scooter again. We'll, well see then, how that goes. Now, now it would be a good time to mention to our friends and listeners and fellow aviators, order your no-tam now. They'll mail you a box. They'll mail you a copy, hard copy. Uh, the URL will be on the website and with this episode. Uh, so right here, uh, by the time you hear this, uh, it'll be yeah, a week away from the Preakness, sing, three yeah, weeks away from Indy, and two <laughs> months away from being able to need this. So do it now. I want to. Maybe I'm hallucinating here. Isn't the uh, isn't is the uh, online version available yet? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. It's got to be. It, w- it would be in the uh, FAA website in the uh, AIM in, in NOTAMS. Yeah. They haven't NOTAMS. trumpeted it on at least on the EAA site. Whether oh, uh, I guess available. I guess not. They're, they are taking pre-orders for the hard copy. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think the uh, le- even the electronic is up yet. Yeah. Uh, and David, what's this thing about hitching a fly, hitching a ride to Oshkosh? Is there some sort of rideshare uh, program that it's you can- a rideshare operation, and uh, it's a chance for folks that have a, a, a either seats that are going empty or a need to fill a seat to try to coordinate and uh, and 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 make the uh, air adventure experience happen for even more people the proper way. Yeah, yeah. which is arriving hey, via the small the- airplane. The um, uh, Oshkosh Notum is out. I'm, I'm trying to click a PDF link. There it is right now. Yeah. There's a PDF link on the FAA website. Okay. Uh, is it an easy link and you can say? And it's also on the EAA.org website as well. What, now, what's the what's the it's, EAA.org it's URL? It's a real easy URL, no. Wait a minute. Which one? Uh, uh, Farid, is the EAA one easy? Um, it's no, it's not necessarily. Okay, we'll put it in the Just show notes to, then. Go to the main page; it's in the news items. You can click, click, clickety, click. And there you go. Very, very good. Okay. Hey, uh, once again, running out of our uh, allotted time here, uh, we're going to do shoutouts in a second. But are there any other stories we really need to touch on before we uh, start to wrap this up? Uh, I can take care of one in a shoutout. Okay. Let's see now. One shoutout I've got here is that I'm sorry, Jeb. Did you have a story, or we can? Move oh, on? I was. I was I, um, um, We're not doing shout-outs. Uh, next, to last one, next to last one on the list, the headline somebody put in, uh, Dave put in, GAO, Government Accountability uh, Office, uh, finds the TSA failed to follow DHS process. My only comment is, why am I not surprised? Yeah, I know. I'm shocked to hear that there's gambling going on. Here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe and, we'll... and, and can I add that the TSA almost uh, could have derailed our breakfast this morning as well? Yeah, and, and are you uh, saying that they actively chose not to, or that they just weren't smart enough to? Well, at this point, they weren't smart enough to. But see, the 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 airport was concerned because we didn't notify they didn't notify the TSA within forty five days 
uh, that because of, of people walking out on the ramp looking at airplanes was a modification to their s- security plan that they didn't get a waiver to that. And so uh, we had to figure out a way to escort all of the people that were out there looking at airplanes. And that's how ridiculous this TSA has, has got the... This is just, 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 just stupid, totally stupid activity. Yeah, well, we know that. We know that. What, 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 Fareed, what, which, which, which location are you talking about? Rockford. At the uh, Ford. Rockford, Rockford. Rockford, yeah. Illinois. Oh, it's the EAA and, Pancake. Oh, oh. Yeah, oh, and yeah. so we... Yeah, we're at, we're in a, across the runway from the the uh, the CETA, and so you I mean where where the TSA uh, you where you introduce people into the the airline system, oh. and where uh, and but they were they don't the TSA it just has airports running crazy air, airport operations everywhere with their requirements uh, for allowing people onto the property, and so yeah. they the ops had to devise a, a way to make sure that everybody was quote unquote escorted. Uh, while they're oh. out just looking at airplanes that have, that have flown in. Yeah. If you haven't already decided. All- Go ahead, Dave. We should all say a moment, uh, you know, say a special thanks that none of those heinously dangerous pancakes or plastic forks flew across and did any damage to the air carrier system on the other side That's of right. the runway. Yeah. All kidding. We ran out of forks today. Well, we did. This, we had to run out and get more. There's a there's a conspiracy <laughs> there, I'm kid, sure. Kid. There's a conspiracy there, I'm sure. Hey, listen, um, all kidding aside, uh, if you weren't already convinced, there's another reason why you ought to maybe drop a note to your elected representatives explaining to them why the TSA is just out of control and needs to be reined in. And we'll, it's time it's time to sunset an agency. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now we're going to do shout-outs, uh, and I'm going to do the first okay. one here. Uh, it's uh, It just never ceases to amaze me that uh, – uh, well, it, it amazes me that we have listeners, A. It amazes me of listeners who are really kind of having fun getting together out in the world with meetups happening all over the place, all over the U.S. and all over the world, for that matter. And we've just got notification through the forums that another group of uh, UCAP listeners have gotten together and had a, quote-unquote, very pleasant lunch out on the deck at RVAC Air. Arrow Bar at uh, Airport uh, uh, Yankee Mike Mike Bravo, which is, uh, I believe, in uh, in Australia someplace. Um, and uh, this is sort of a follow-up to the uh, to the meetup that happened uh, a, a month or so ago at the uh, at the air show down there. And uh, they sent us post another picture: uh, uh, three guys standing in front of a really cool-looking uh, control tower. And uh, we just wanted to say hi to those folks, and uh, and glad you had a chance to get together. And uh, maybe one of these days we'll jump in. The Debbie and fly down to Australia and join you, but uh, yeah, well, we might have to have to stop a couple of places. Yeah, well, you know, in-flight refueling or something like that. I don't know. Right. Yeah, that's terrific. What other shout-outs we got? Who's got something? Um, well, uh, Tampa, I was just going to get Jeb go first. Tampa Tracon. Um, uh, uh, thanks for all the help <laughs> uh, getting getting Higgs up and 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 back and everything. That's right. Now tell us this story. You actually got to go flying. I, 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 and I, just, I, I do. Th- I just want to say this. I do think the Tampa folks need to lighten up a little bit. <laughs> they don't have that much traffic, and you know they don't have any mountains to worry about. And you know, just 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 get into the groove a little bit. Get in, find the Zen moment here in what you're doing, and just relax and go with and flow with it. Okay, just. So, so let me understand it. Here's what happened. Uh, the time came for Jeb to uh, to uh, leave your your humble abode, and instead of drive David, him to Tampa, David actually was the one leaving. Well, 
thought that's what I said, but that's what I meant to say. Anyways, the time came for him to leave, and and uh, instead of driving him to Tampa, you took advantage of the great utility of private aircraft, and you guys jumped in the Debbie, and you you flew him to Tampa. Uh, as I understand it, you did some uh, some photo work along the way or something like that for some sort oh, of article yeah, you're working I, I on. Have, i got to get that out of the camera tonight. I, I'm yeah. going to have a late night, actually. Yeah. So you did that, uh, and, uh, and then yeah, yeah. I, I take it there was a little bit of a challenge involved getting on the ground well, at Tampa. Uh, we, we after we we took off, um, I wanted to get a couple of uh, uh, shots you know, from looking from the looking at the panel and looking out the windshield in in a steep turn for uh, uh, an article I'm working on. And Dave was kind enough to to uh, click the shutter while I flew the airplane, uh, and we rolled out of that and, and headed north towards Tampa and started calling Tampa Approach. And you know, after four or five calls without being acknowledged. Uh, I was finally told to remain clear of class Charlie or Bravo and, and you know, try again later. And they, they were busy, but they weren't slammed. I've, I've seen lots busier. Um, they were, they, and, they, you know, we, they we did busy. a couple they of, had a couple, yeah. They had a couple of pilots that weren't exactly quick to key in what they were supposed mm-hmm. to be doing in response to the controller's instructions. Right. They, they had, they had uh, some trainees and, and flight instructors working. It sounded and, and, like uh, they had some English was not a first language with one of them. Yeah, and they had some developmental controllers also. Um, and, you know, I don't know, we did, I don't know, four or five laps, I guess, um, uh, waiting for them to... Yeah, to, we were out uh, there about eight, eight minutes worth of standard rates. Yeah, yeah. And um, no big deal, but uh, I, just, I just found it odd. I, I, been in a lot busier areas and uh, um, not had that kind of trouble. But but you know once once you get in and once they can accommodate you, they did fine. And and uh, I hope I did fine back. So we'll see. I, and quickly because I'm fascinated by this. Tell tell us the process after you get on the ground. Uh, you know it, to get from well, the GA terminal to the uh, to the airline to terminal. Get, to get oh, go ahead, Dave. David, you told me about this the other day. Say, well, you you you. You know, you you're outside the Bravo. You tell them who you are, where you are, what your intentions are. You go in and land, and then you get taxi instructions to the FBO. Then you pay a rather exorbitant amount of money for a rather short <laughs> visit uh, of parking on their ramp. Uh, you know, I, I think the cab ride or the 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 uh, van ride over was nice. I think it was probably quadruple cab rates, but nonetheless, uh, you go in. They charge you money for being on their ramp and doing nothing for you other than parking on their ramp. Jeb gets uh, uh, clearance delivery, ground taxis out, goes home. Yeah. yeah. So they actually yeah, I do this all the time. Uh, I, yeah. It's, uh, there's nothing to a class Bravo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Farid, what's your your experience like with this? Else. Farid, your experience oh, I mean, with this kind of thing? Well, I'll tell you what I did yesterday in Monterey. We landed. Uh, we landed our tours. We put the airplane to bed and. Um, uh, they, she drove me over to the, uh, to the terminal in the FBO car. I usually give them a two to $5 for a tip and, and that's yeah. it. And that's, yeah. and then that, that's at, at just about every big airport. Uh, they, they're used to, uh, it's, it's put it this way. I drive to O'Hare at the beginning of my tour. I park at signature. Uh, they don't get any money from my company, uh, for leaving my car there for seven days, except to the fact that, uh, system wide, we buy fuel from signature. Um, well, and, and and then, uh, <laughs> uh, but not exclusively. I hope you're getting a bulk rate. 
Yeah, but not but not exclusively. But but anyway, we parked the car at Signature for seven days at a major air, airport. Right. They 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 put us in our van. They drive us over. It doesn't cost us anything. And uh, so I mean, this is this is going on all the time. This is the the service that FBOs provide. It's it's the but that fee, that parking fee for just stopping in and dropping is crazy. Yeah, yeah. It was what was it thirty one fifty or thirty two fifty? At Tampa, Jeb was on the ramp ten minutes, and they gave me a ride yeah. over in a car. Tampa uh, Jet Center. Tampa, Tampa Jet. Jet. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I shudder to think what it would have been at Signature. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because the last time I was in the Tampa, I went in the Signature, and was there for a longer amount of time, maybe there. 20 minutes total, the only airplane under their canopy, and they didn't charge me a penny. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll call ahead next time. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, we'll, you know, it's who knows, but you know, yeah. but uh, you know, getting out is is just as simple as as Dave said. Um, talk to clearance to tell them where you're going and uh, the altitude you're going. They come back with a clearance and a squat code, yeah. and uh, taxied out, took the intersection uh, um, that we turned off on. Uh, for the departure point, and uh, waited for you know somebody to land and uh, cleared for immediate takeoff. Have a good day. Yeah, there you go. You know, I I, well, I, I got a my hats off to the controllers that work those and, and to the FBOs there. Uh, it was one of the great discoveries of owning an airplane uh, for my wife when she needed to go home to DC when we had an airplane, and I couldn't make a trip east for whatever reason. Uh, how convenient it was for me to drop her in the Comanche uh, and haul her up to Kansas City International mm-hmm. Park. They'd stick her in her luggage in a van. I'd ride with a van. We'd go over and drop her off at the Southwest Terminal, come back. I'd come out. I always bought 10 gallons just because. Uh, and, uh, you know, trying to encourage the fact that it was free service. Uh, at that FBO, yeah. and uh, Executive Beach, in and out, back in the airplane, call clearance delivery, uh, tell them where, who I am, where I am, where I'm going, get a squawk, get instructions, call ground, taxi out, wait for something to land, wait for something to leave, wait for something to land, caution, wake turbulence, bye-bye, and it's just as simple as it is in any medium or small place, except you... Talk to a couple more people and pay a little bit more attention to when you're taxiing and where. Yeah. Well, there we have it. The longest shout out in the history of the Uncontrolled Space Podcast. <laughs> that was arduous. I, I, I wasn't going to say anything, but uh, I'll be I'll be surprised if that makes the cut. No, no, <laughs> no. That was the that was one of the best parts of the part. No, not the best, but that was a good part. Farid, any uh, any shout outs you'd like to send out there? Or uh, I think we- we'll keep the air traffic control theme going, and that is uh, first of all, thanks to all of my chapter members who helped out uh, the, this morning, and then of course to Rockford Air Traffic Control. Uh, for deftly handli- handling uh, the traffic. It went very smoothly, although I haven't heard from their side. But I do know that over the years, they do call this day Black Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> they did, <laughs> they did, I thought they did a good job. It was it, by far the smoothest. And, of course, the winds were no more than 10 knots and just beautiful weather today. Also, a shout-out down in, in, uh, in Jeb's area, and that is for Fort Myers uh, Approach Control with the uh, – with the the King Air uh, right. uh, pilot um, jumping in, or at least he wasn't a King Air pilot until he landed the airplane. But sure. um, I yes. thought that that was a, a great effort right there. 
Um, and so uh, a shout out to those to those guys in Fort Myers, just south of Tampa. Um, so it, <laughs> you don't have to go far before you find some 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 uh, pretty well, I, good I, I had a real quick and dirty shout out to two guys that I don't know. They don't know me. I don't think uh, Congressman uh, Alan Boyd, Second District of Florida, Democrat. Vernon Ehlers, Third Ehlers. District, Michigan, Republican, who uh, at the tail end of air, of April announced the formation of the General Aviation Caucus in the United States House of Representatives. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know who thought of this, but you know, good job. It's 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 you know a common, Yeah, well, it, uh, when I posted this on the list, it was like. I, I was a little dumbfounded to, yeah. to realize that there wasn't one there already. Yeah. For those of us not tuned in to the way D.C. or, or government works, what, what's to, just kind of give us a really short version of what a caucus a focal, is and how it's significant. It, it, it's, it's an a focal area. point for um, 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 issues associated with a certain industry. You have, you know, or a certain, uh, uh, certain uh, political um, um, uh, goal. You have, for example, a Congressional Black Caucus. You have, um, I'm sure, a, uh, um, you know, a caucus is devoted to, to uh, just about any kind of in major industry. You have maritime caucus. You have uh, uh, environmental caucuses, things of this sort. Uh, it's long overdue. That uh, And how does it work? I mean, do they just every now and then all get together and drink Leinenkugel or something? or Something like that. But, but the, the organization, as loose as it, they can be, serve as focal points. Uh, for um, issue-oriented discussion, for policy discussion. Uh, and they can help get legislation yeah. written yeah. correctly early on. They can and they carry more weight. As a conduit. Just a bunch uh, yeah. of congressmen running around uh, individually doesn't really mean a whole lot, but when, when they, they kind of combine their common interests in, by creating or, or joining a caucus, uh, there's, there's greater numbers involved and there's greater, uh, uh, I don't know, for lack of a better word, power in those numbers. And is it a fixed right. list of uh, legislators so that we no, know? It'll, it'll fluctuate. It'll fluctuate. But anybody in, you know. Is it a public list join? so we can know who? Um, usually, yeah. Yeah, usually they are public. I don't know why they wouldn't yeah. want to make this public. I think uh, uh, you might be disappointed right now at the small numbers in the caucus. Give it a you know couple months. Yeah, no, that's okay. It. My point being right. that this gives us another entry point when we're trying to express ourselves. That's Absolutely. exactly the point. That's exactly That's the point. That's one of the reasons make. why we brought up uh, Vern Ellers and Alan Boyd, because uh, they 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 are going to be as sensitive to our input and our admonitions, information, and suggestions as they will any direct constituent, because we are. GA pilots, and that's how we'll identify ourselves that's as right. being supportive of their efforts on our behalf. So, yeah. very good, uh, very good, yeah, guys, yeah. And it does sound very promising. And uh, now that's the second longest shout-out in UCAP history. But uh, <laughs> hey, it's definitely would time you to, like stick to go for the. Would you like to go for the third? No, 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 no. It's definitely time to stick a fork in this one. I want to say thank you to uh, Farid Gio, uh, also known as EAA Radio's Afterburner Al. Uh, Farid is the co-station manager for Air Venture Oshkosh's EAA radio and he also is for the time being uh, a well he's he's going to forever be a Cessna CJ3 pilot and for a while longer for a fractional ownership company Farid where can people find you on the internet you can uh, email me at afterburneral at comcast.net and uh, that's about all you need to know and uh, Jeb September yeah. 1st I'll show up at your door with the moving truck so see you soon yeah he's moving we're all moving <laughs> by the way we're all moving <laughs> 
<laughs> we're all moving into Move Jeb. Here. We're all moving into Jeb's hangar. Jeb, well, we'll talk about another podcast, but Jeb has an awesome. I love Jeb's hangar, and that's all I'm going to say on that subject. Uh, Dave Higdon. Dave is an aviation photographer, an aviation journalist, and also the U.S. editor for London's World Aircraft Sales Magazine. David, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, avbuyer.com, aea.net, uh, davehigdon.biz, uncontrolledairspace.com. Uh, other than that, just you know, any place you might find a Google Hangout. That's right. Jeb Burnside is an aviation journalist. He's currently serving as the editor-in-chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. We we fell about a six-pack short of fixing your website when I was down there, but now I know the nature of the problem, so we're going to fix it uh, remotely. But other than that, where can people find you on the Internet? Uh, AviationSafetyMagazine.com uh, is my day job. Uh, of course, UncontrolledAirspace.com. I pop around every now and then. Uh, avweb.com you might uh, and and Dave didn't even talk about this we're we're actually working on another video for avweb um, we spent most of Friday uh, playing with that we'll get around to that and finishing that up in a couple more weeks but uh, uh, and one of these days I'll get uh, Jay Burnside back up jayburnside.com right rock and roll is Jack still there Jack hey Jack well, that, that, that did mute. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. I was going to say, I, I, we're still talking to each other, so he's still alive. That's right. All right. Let's see now. Where do we leave off? I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot. <laughs> I was just chugging away, telling the whole story here, and you're all going, and I thought you are giving me crap here. It's like, is Jack there? Is Jack there? And I'm just ignoring you like I usually do. I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, a freelance writer, and a new media producer. You can learn more about me at Jack Hodgson. It's so embarrassing. JackHodgson.com and AroundTheField.net. I hope that you can all hear me when I say we want to thank, uh, uh, as always, Jeff Ward for creating our awesome show notes. We also want to thank all of our listeners who put together uh, the disclaimer clips, and particularly Roy Searle and Mike Morgan. And don't forget that you can visit with all of us at the Uncontrolled Airspace website. You can read the blog, view the forums, check out the wiki, the airport restaurants list, the aviation movies list, and more. And all of that is at UncontrolledAirspace.com. David, what were you going to say? Live longer and fly because time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. That's right. That's enough talking. Let's go flying. TTFN. <laughs>